Welcome to the Mind Body Breakthroughs Podcast, where we bring you amazing guests on the cutting edge of science, health, and business each week to share strategies you can use to get the breakthrough that you are looking for in your life. I am your host, Chris Donahue, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Nevada Gray. We're so glad that you're joining us today, and we'd like to invite you to join our free private Facebook community, Mind Body Breakthroughs. The views expressed on the Mind Body Breakthroughs podcast are the opinions of the hosts and guests and are not to be taken as medical advice, as the hosts and guests do not provide medical care. Information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult your medical provider in relation to your personal health and prior to making any changes in your diet or fitness. Proud affiliate of Redmond Real Salt, the best tasting and most mineral rich salt on the market without the microplastics and other issues of conventional salts. See the show notes for 15% off your order. Dr. Lori, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Chris. Hey, Nevada. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Thank We're you. We're doing awesome. Thank We're you. so Thank happy you. you're here. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I love what you guys are doing. So I get to be a tiny micro part of it. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. We're, we're super excited to have you. I know both of us were honored and privileged to be on your podcast, and uh, we love everything that, that you do. And we're just excited for all of our listeners who don't know you to get to know you and go and follow you and, and listen to your podcast. So for those that don't know you, just you know, take a few minutes and just tell us about yourself. Tell us about yeah. your journey. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting why I do what I do, which is I help, I help, I'm a health coach and I help people to either upgrade their health or uh, lose weight, etc. And so uh, when I went to school, when I first, I got my doctorate in psychology, it was because I wanted to help people uh, know that they have choices in life and make different, healthier choices, right? A different mindset. And so um, I, and the reason I went into that area is because I grew up with a mother who was actually mostly ill most of my life. So she was constantly suffering from uh, some debilitating uh, disease or illness. And I remember often just walking into her dark room, seeing her just laying there. And uh, it's a very helpless feeling. But, you know, my mom, um, she, she, along with her poor health, was making poor health choices, right? So she exacerbated a lot of what was going on. And um, she smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. She was verging on obesity. Obesity runs on my, mo- my mother's side of the family. And um, she was estranged from my father. You know, she didn't have any money, very little coming in. She uh, was under enormous stress. So you can imagine the chronic stress of raising three young children all on your own. So she's estranged from her family. She has no husband, no support, little income. And um, and it was just really a sad. So I had to take care of my two younger brothers, essentially. And, um, you know, it was because she was not 
present emotionally or physically in, in large part at times when she was well. And so, you know, my mother sadly died uh, at the very young age of 36, leaving behind three young children with nowhere to go. So she didn't have uh, any idea that she was going to die. She, it was, it was really within months that she died. And so I knew that she could have made different choices in her life and her choices would have affected our lives differently. We all would have had a much different outcome had she taken better care of her health. And so that really stayed with me and is what motivated me to go on and uh, help others in counseling. And I did that for a while. I worked for family outreach and uh, became vice president of family outreach. And then um, my whole mission in life really was to help people get healthy. <laughs> you know, that was, I was really focused on it. People like, they're just still to this day to like a stop, you know, stop talking about it. But I did uh, decide that I was going to go back to school. So I became a nutritionist and I went back and uh, got a life coaching certification and with my background in psychology, I created my own company called HealthWorks. And so that is what I do. I, you know, I help people make different choices, healthier choices. And it's really rewarding and fulfilling, you know, work for me because that's just kind of, you know, the type of person that I really am is I want to help others. That's, that's amazing. Uh, what do you think right now is uh, one of the most important topics in health? that you're excited to, that you're researching and you're excited to talk about? Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, how the drivers of inflammation, the mechanisms of inflammation, we're finding out, so gut health, for example, is, you know, can be up-leveled or upgraded, improved simply by eating no carbohydrates, right? And I got back from a, a conference recently in Miami where they were presenting their research, uh, top researchers, uh, on how vegetables are up-leveling gut health. And what's really interesting is that it can be both ways. You know, I, I find that fascinating. And so to me, I think gut health is, is incredible. I think, you know, I've, you know, having you, Chris, on my show uh, talk about the changes you experience with eliminating most carbohydrates out of your diet was is incredible. You know, same with you, Nevada. Um, so I think that's really where it's at right now in terms of my interest. And, you know, I do have that book coming out <laughs> on ketosis, right? And uh, so that just kind of jives with my interest. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Sure. It is going to be on ketosis, not so much the ketogenic diet, although, you know, obviously there's going to be choices in there on ketogenic uh, way of eating, but it's mostly going to be about the science, the uh, how to live in ketosis, whether you want to do it 24-7 or you want to do it, you know, randomly, however you want to do it, and all the benefits, the anti-aging benefits, the longevity benefits, the weight loss benefits, um, it just, the brain health, the list goes on. So the book's going to be really a great uh, foundational book for anybody who's interested in that 
that topic. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to read it. I think we're yeah. still just scratching the surface of right. all. You know, it's 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 truly the fountain of youth. You know, when you get into it and just see all the ways that it affects us and and just beta hydroxybutyrate as a signaling molecule, just the cascade of hormonal changes that it makes in the body. It's just it's it really is. really interesting. I mean, it even is. Go ahead. Yeah. I say even like lengthening telomeres and right? things like that. It's like, wow, this is, yeah. this is really something. So Telomeres. Yeah. For those that don't know, they're the little caps on the end of chromosomes that protect our DNA. And they believe that the longer your telomeres are, the, the better, the more youthful you are, the longer you're going to live, the healthier quality of life, your health span is much improved. Right. Um, and so that, with poor choices, these telomeres, they tend to shrink uh, with each cell replication. So eventually they get, they get down to little nubs and they can't protect the cell. And so the cell dies, right? And then we have what's left is uh, potentially a senescent cell, a dying cell, which uh, promotes all sorts of unhappy things in our body because it's uh, throwing off signals um, that are causing inflammation in the body and things of that nature. So, you know, it's really important uh, information when you are using the ketogenic diet, the carnivore diet, or intermittent fasting, you're getting rid of all of those uh, senescent cells, which is part of the life extension. We've been uh, talking to a lot of guests recently about food addiction, carbohydrate addiction. I was wondering if you can just share some of your thoughts and insights on addiction. It is uh, a real problem, and many people suffer from it. And uh, it, it needs to be treated differently than just a diet. You know, if you just start, start eating healthier fats and more protein, you're going to be satiated and it's going to kick that food addiction to the curb because your blood sugar will be balanced, et cetera, et cetera. And that is not true because there are people literally addicted. We know that certain foods triggered the uh, neurotransmitter dopamine and people become addicted to that hit, that dopamine hit, right? And uh, it's, you know, it, it, so it should be treated more as a way, a philosophy of the way you run your life. So if um, you're addicted to food, it's important, obviously, to engineer your environment to set it up so that the food isn't around you. Uh, that's like a foundational tool that I have in my book, in fact. And, um, and to really understand what's going on, because it's a lot of times it's a combination of habit plus emotion. So... If you're, you know, having a bad day, we know that comfort food, especially sugar or, or carbohydrates uh, that aren't healthy for us, tend to uh, bump up that dopamine hit and make us feel better. But it's only a temporary situation. So there are a lot of tools and techniques that I use with my clients that have really uh, benefited them. And it, they were able to kick that food addiction to the curb. But there are some people that are so enmeshed in it that they need professional help with it. 
Yes, absolutely. Because uh, what's interesting to me uh, about that is a lot of the foods have chemistry that activate the same pathways that certain addictive drugs, such as opioids and, and other illicit drugs, do. And I find a correlation just, just through observation of mm -hmm. patients that have substance abuse issues, but they also have food addiction issues with food, similar foods that activate the same pathway as the drug. So it's extremely um, interesting science. And I commend you for um, tackling that issue and helping patients navigate okay. through that. Thank you. Yeah. What you're talking about is so true. Um, you know, you look at those who stop drinking, they pick up a sugar habit or they smoking or coffee even, right? They become addicted to something else. And so it's a transfer. And um, yeah, it's really getting to the underlying cause of what's going on and really stopping the addiction itself. The physical addiction is part of it. Yeah. Yes, and transformation is, it's an amazing process. Uh, personally, Chris and I, we love the, the journey of it. We love what, what we're learning, but there's also <laughs> barriers and there's adversity that comes along with that mm -hmm. when you're making a health transformation, whether it's uh, it, all the information on the internet, uh, pushback from family and friends, uh, just you know, you're changing, you're evolving, and your environment's kind of staying the same. What advice would you have for people in dealing with adversity and transformation? Well, I think it's important to understand, first and foremost, do not expect perfection. I think so many times, especially in the beginning, we're so over-motivated, right? And then when we don't do well, we're disappointed in ourselves and frustrated. And so I think you know, I am a firm believer of small steps. I've been there myself with certain things. And when I, you know, if I'm tackling a big project, I'm just like, okay, Lori, small steps. Don't look at the big picture. <laughs> just take small steps. And then refine those steps as you go. And I think that is uh, a really important point is to do that. You know, it, it's, you know, it's interesting that um, it, the longer we do something, we, it becomes ingrained as a habit. But so many of us stop what we're doing before it becomes a habit. And I always like to say, if you're creating bad habits, you can absolutely create healthy, good ones as well. So it's just a matter of time. They used to say a habit, you know, took 30 days. Now it's 66 days. Some are even saying longer, you know. But whatever it is, you're in the process of change. And I always like to remind people that's important because you're literally, it's not that number at, at the end of the scale. It's you're successful now in what you're doing. So you two are absolutely great role models for that. You know, you are um, modeling exactly what, what the journey is and the success in that journey can be. So I really commend you on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, one of the things that we do focus on, on a lot on the show is kind of reinventing yourself. You know, mm -hmm. people that are in their 40s and their 50s that are just saying, you know what, I'm not done yet. You know, I, there's a second half here. There's some exciting things that I can do. I was wondering some of your thoughts and insights on that. Like, what would you tell someone who's sitting at home and they just feel like there's more that they're supposed to accomplish? Like, what would you tell them? I would say absolutely go for it because when, when I was talking about my company, 
I was in my late 40s when I did that, right? When I created my, my you know, it, so, you know, I was like 48. And I, you know, it's amazing, you know, when you stop thinking about your age, what happens? I totally didn't care. I really didn't. I was like, okay, you know, I love this. I love what I'm doing. I love this new company I'm going to create. I'm going to help so many people out there. And, you know, that's all I cared about. I didn't think about my age. Um, the only time I did think about my age when I was back in school with like 21-year-olds, you know, they, they are a stark reminder, right, that 20 years younger. But, it, you know, even then it didn't bother me. I just felt like one of them. And so I would say – don't ignore, you know, address your concerns, but I would also say don't let those concerns stop you at all. We all have obstacles in life, and they can be overcome for the most part. What advice would you have for women going into entrepreneurship in their 40s? Um, I would say to really research. That's what I did. I, I researched and researched. I did everything that uh, you're supposed to do, right? In terms of creating a business. Um, I didn't have the, the budget to do serious advertising. So I used social media. And back then, uh, social media was just booming. And, it, you know, it was like fantastic way and it still is to really get your message out there and market to people um, that don't know about you uh, I would also say to to establish yourself as an expert and there are ways to do that you know obviously your your education helps but that's not always the case you know you can you can become an expert just by you know, doing your background stuff, you know, interviewing other people, for example, um, you could start writing articles or uh, just transitioning yourself into that, that foundation of expertise. And so um, that's a very important component, I believe. I love that. <clears throat> One of the things that you talked about was, you know, finding what works for you. And uh, it's something that we're a you know big big believer in. You know, mm -hmm. being courageous enough to follow the evidence wherever it leads, chase results, and not dogma. I know that there was things that I believed and held to, even to my detriment. I was a uh, one of the sickest vegetarians that I knew at one point. You know, but I, I was just that. sticking to my guns because yeah. it just has to be right. So, uh, you know, it's interesting that you've interviewed so many different types of people on, on your podcast that have been successful. What are some of the kind of common denominators, the things that have worked for people that, you know, you, you have noted? I think that they have all moved forward despite the obstacles in their way. That is what I have found. Um, you know, it, they keep trying and they keep, you know, finding some way to get around that obstacle under over around jumping you know who it but they do and that's what i find really interesting um it's you know it and they find something that works and when you find something that works you latch on to it right so then they present it to other people and it just becomes wonderful and it could be anything, you know, I was, I just interviewed a woman, uh, Liz Carlisle the other day talking about CBD, right. And it's effects on 
you know, she's she has a group called Motherhood Unstressed and how it it really helped her get through a lot of rough times as a mother, the CBD uh, oil. And um, so she found something in, in, in back then when she was doing it, you know, CBD, <laughs> it was like, you know, pot, right? That's what people thought. And uh, so, you know, she stuck with it despite the backlash she was, she was up against. So, yeah, I think, and you, you carnivore, right? No research, but yet you found something that works for you and you are presenting it. And nobody can deny the success of it. So. Yes, I think the carnivore research is just still evolving. Um, you know, the simple truth is we don't know. We, we know people are having a result. They're having success. They're having... Um, you know, remission of chronic illness, pain-free, medication-free. So I'm excited to see where it's all going to go and, you know, how the science is going to evolve and right. what we're, what we're going to learn from it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really exciting time in science. Um, what are you the most excited about in science right now? I think that. I think, you know, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think that, you know, the, the fact that you can eat meat – and still, you know, keep that uh, nutrient-rich diet, if you will, um, and increase your gut health, lower inflammatory markers, blood pressure, blood sugar, metabolic disorders of all kinds are eliminated. And, you know, I think that's exciting. To me, that's exciting because, you know, I came from the dogma of, of uh, vegetables must be incorporated with every meal, right? But I'm open to change and I'm very willing to listen. And, you know, and when there's anecdotal evidence, I think that that is, I, was, I remember telling Chris in our interview, I'm like, I was a total non-believer when somebody told me about the carnivore diet. I was like, what? <laughs> no, that can't be true, you know, but it is, it, you know, it's very interesting. I think, honestly, that, different things work for different people. So you could look at anything, you know, you look at intermittent fasting. They've even done research showing that uh, you can eat a really unhealthful diet and intermittent fast or do time restricted eating and still lose weight. Okay. So that all relates back to circadian rhythm in the body, cellular circadian rhythm as well. But still I find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just interviewed a, a gentleman who just completed a 150-day water fast. Oh, no. <laughs> See, no, that's another shocker. <laughs> and lost an amazing amount of weight, cleared up all kinds of health conditions. He's he's doing great. And so, you know, that, that for him was uh, – that was his key. He had read about uh, Angus Barbieri that uh, Scottish gentleman who fasted for 382 days, medically supervised. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see what happens. So I just, we, we love when people are just courageous enough to just try something, you know, to just it is, it go for it. Take, it does take bravado, doesn't it? It because really does. I can't even imagine doing that. That would be you know, totally, you'd have to get you in the right. I, I'm assuming, did he just, uh, you know, do one day at a time and then eventually it was like that length of time or did he plan it out? 
I think I think he did plan to go a long time. He didn't know exactly how long. Um, <clears throat> even at the 150 day mark, he contemplated going 30 more days, going to 180. But he and his wife talked and felt like, yeah, this was a this was a good enough place. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he wanted to overcome with was his food addiction, carbohydrate addiction, and he felt like after that that length of time, it was uh, burned well, away. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was good to go. So um, I wanted to ask you, we've had some interesting talks recently with um, especially some of of our women, uh, women guests that have talked about imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. about just feeling like, you know, like, why, why me? You know, why would anyone listen to me? And I think that that holds so many people back. And so I, I, I just wondered your your thoughts on it. What would you tell someone who they feel like they have a passion, they have a purpose, they have a calling, they have something that they're supposed to be doing, but you know they're just not sure that that they're up for the task, or you know why would anyone be interested in what they have to say? I think that you know it's very common to have that. I had that in the beginning as well. And I, you know, the thing you have to do is understand that, you know, it's, it, it goes away. Okay. With more time, sometimes it doesn't for people, you know, but as you, you learn and you build your expertise, you become more confident and you have more knowledge, et cetera. But in the beginning for me, it was like that. And I had to just rely on my intu- intuition, knowing that I knew what I was talking about, right? But it, it's still, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, really? You know, I'm going to be on that show, <laughs> you know, and do that. They want me on there. And, um, but, you know, I, I think that it's about length of time and knowing that you are worthy, okay, that you deserve and are capable. Because a lot of times we all think that we're not capable when we completely are capable. I remember I went on a show, it was, oh my gosh, this show was, uh, all they had were like top researchers and scientists on the show. And I did that very same thing. I was like, why do they want me on this show? Me? They want me on this show? And, you know, it was like I had to talk myself. Of course they want you on the show. You know, you have a lot to add. (laughs) And so that's what you really have to kind of kick yourself in the behind and say, of course, you know, and you, you have what it takes. And obviously there's, you know, a period of time it can take to get to that point, but not too long. And sometimes it's just a matter of understanding that you do have innately that, that knowledge and that information. And more importantly, the desire, and hopefully you're helping others somewhere around somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that resonates with a lot of women. I know when I first started my business and sharing my story out there, I first presented it as an empowered patient, and then uh, people saw I had credentials after my name. So I'm a pharmacist and a nurse, and um, they just assumed I, w- I was an expert, and I wasn't prepared to take on that role. I didn't feel hmm. ready. I, I, I didn't view myself that way. I viewed myself as um, an empowered patient, and uh, hearing other women talk about this. I, I understand what it was. I still have it uh, to a small degree. Uh, but what I what I did through that was I just visualized myself uh, as part of my day doing what I wanted to do. And then 
you know, put the work in to research and learn, and I'm always learning, I'm always a student, um, to be able to offer some commentary uh, over the topics uh, based on just observation, opinion, and what the studies are showing. And I think that's really empowering what you just said. Um, yeah, what you just said yeah. as well, you know, I mean, it's like, um, you know, it's interesting because there are a lot of people that really do want to learn. And, um, and so that it's just really all part of the process, isn't it? It's like, you know, you may feel nervous about doing something, uh, but do it anyway. And I think once you do it anyway, um, is where the learning and the, the, the strength the, the understanding comes in. But like I said, there are people who never get over that. You know, they live, they have a lifelong imposter syndrome feeling. And even though they could be the most successful people in the world, uh, I wish I could bring up some names, but there are some very successful people out there that live with this all the time. Yeah, I think it's something that we all deal with, you know, to a certain degree. But like you said, we are worthy and we're all here for a reason. And each one of us is uniquely gifted with talents and experiences that no one else has. And uh, we might as well be ourselves. Everyone else is taken. Isn't that yeah, nice? I love that. <laughs> That's true, right? yeah. So, Lori, you've accomplished yeah. some amazing things. And I know that uh, the best is yet to come for you. We're excited for your book and for all the things that are going to be coming. What uh, one of the things we like to ask a lot of our guests is what what do you want your legacy to be? That's a really great question. I've never been asked that before. Um, I would love to know that I helped people along the way because that's exactly why I do what I do. You know, it's such an enormous. It's so important to me. You know, when I get feedback on, oh, that's really, you know, you know, I'm not bragging, okay, but, you know, somebody will say you changed my life or whatever. That is so important to me. And uh, a lot of times we, we do not realize the impact that we have on people. Uh, um, I used to think that, you know, I was on Twitter all by myself, you know, when I first started. And then people would say, oh, my gosh, this has helped me so much, right, or whatever. And so, yeah, I would say I want my legacy to be that um, I helped people in their life journey somehow. <laughs> Yes, and you are definitely helping people. Um, I'm I'm so inspired by you. I know Chris is, and, and we commend you for everything uh, that you're doing and, and putting out in the world. Uh, where can people find you and find your content? Thank you. Yes, you can find me on uh, at drlorishemek.com, and you can find me on Twitter at at lorishemek on Instagram at Lori Shemek or Facebook, Dr. Lori Shemek. And I have a, I have a group called Thrive Cafe that really helps, you know, uh, you guys are members, um, boost your, your mindset, daily reminders of what's important in life, you know, some funny little things. And it's re I really do want the people in there to thrive. And I think that's a really key message. So if you're on Facebook, definitely join Th Thrive Cafe. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I forgot my newsletter. My newsletter, you can sign up on my landing page of my website and it comes with a book called um, metabolism masterclass so that's pretty much it <laughs> well, 
Dr. Lori, thank you so much for being on today. A lot of people are going to get a lot of value from this. And we look forward to having you on again soon and talking to you. I would love that. It's been an honor. Thank you both. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today, Mind Body Breakthrough. Chris and I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend and to join us in our free Mind Body Breakthrough Facebook community where you can start peeling away the layers of everything that's not you so you can be you. We are proud to partner with Blue Blocks, bringing you the most advanced blue blocking lens technology available to combat digital eye strain, poor sleep, and mood. Use the discount link in the show notes and the code CKCOACH.